0: It is the Rugby World Cup headline out where we're going to start. And I know the world is abuzz with the hiding that the Wallabies got uh, t- at the hands of Wales. But I don't want to gloss over the fact that I think the Ireland-South Africa game on Saturday morning would be one of the best games of rugby I've ever watched. It was absolutely incredible. And pre-game, both both camps were saying it was crucial we had a fast start. Have to have a fast start dominate the start well the fast start lasted 80 minutes it was tension personified and high octane and at half time because I know that whatever the result was from that game would have an impact providing we can get past Italy of who the All Blacks have in the quarter final at half time I thought man I can't see us beating either of these sides and then at full time I thought it even more and I really feel for the All Blacks to beat, and now it looks like Ireland, um, I'm going to have to see something I haven't seen in the last 12 months from the All Blacks because I've seen that regularly from Ireland. And here's a little interesting thing, a little interesting thing, and I'm not name-dropping here, but I messaged James Lowe after the game. I'm just going to open it up so I can read it word for word. And I, I used the swear word, but I said, you guys were on fire tonight. And he replied about half an hour later and he said, mate, we weren't. Gave them too many opportunities. Definitely need to sort that, that out before knockout rugby. And I replied, that's why you're number one in the world. Because the test match was f- just amazing, I thought. Just the whole intensity, physicality, endeavour, emotion, the crowd. It was just a phenomenal game of rugby as a neutral Um I just thought it was tremendous. And even if Ireland lost, and South Africa did lose, even if Ireland lost, both teams were exceptional. Exceptional. So I've got some clips out of both press conferences for you. We'll kick off with South Africa. Uh, First question to Jacques Ninabar, who I'm going to start calling him the assistant coach because if you watch the game, it's Rassi Erasmus calling all the shots. But Ninabar anyway, uh, he was asked. He see, uh "The journal said you loaded your bench with forwards and fetches. Uh, remember, they had a seven-one split. You, you lost twelve breakdowns." He was asked for his comments on that.
1: Uh, yes, I think that's the one area where where uh, Ireland were exceptional, ec- exceptional tonight. I mean, uh, that that's probably one of the biggest reasons why we didn't get momentum is we we were. We were overpowered at our own attacking breakdown. And that's the opportunities we lost close to the try line. Yeah, 100% correct.
0: Next question to the coach. Where does this loss leave you regarding your chances to win the title?
1: Now, obviously, uh, like I mentioned, this game would have... uh, Whoever won this game, it will take a little bit of pressure off them going into the last round. And uh, obviously that pressure is now on us. We've got a big game in eight days. Tonga had to get out of the pool. And... uh, yeah, uh, so that's the the sole sole thing that we will focus on. Like uh, the lucky thing for us is we've got a a day turnaround to prepare for for, for Tonga, so uh, we can we will do a proper review on the game and look at the areas that we feel uh, didn't go our way and what plans worked and what plans didn't work, and then we will uh, take it from there.
0: And with this loss, South Africa are likely to play France in the quarters. He was asked what effect losing. DuPont will have on France?
1: Uh, No, I haven't analysed them yet. Uh, We've got Tonga. If we we slip up against Tonga, uh, we won't even get to a quarterfinal. So for us to start thinking about France will be, in my opinion, a little bit uh, getting ahead of ourselves. So we will probably stay, uh, just focus on Tonga for now. And uh, then we will make a plan after that. I think we've got our uh, off week after so we've got a nice time to prepare for whoever plays, who will play in that quarter final. And um, regarding Anthony DuPont's injury, yeah, obviously it's, uh, it's like us uh, losing Malcolm Marks. You know, like I said got, uh, last week, this time I said it won't be the only injury. Uh, injuries is unfortunately part of it and it's, it's a loss for him and it's a loss for I, I believe he would be back uh, at the back end of the, the, the competition and I, and I hope he is because I think uh, in a World Cup you want the best players playing in a World Cup uh, so it will be fortunate if he can uh, make it back.
0: I mentioned that uh, it was incredibly physical and the intensity was high. He was asked, "What will the intensity of this game do for you going forward?"
1: I think I said it uh, in the pre-match uh, uh, interviews. I said, "I think a lot of the, uh, both of our teams will take a lot out of this game because it will be played at." at uh, at, at a massive intensity and physicality, and you will be tested mentally. I think a, a couple of our players, a guy like Marnie, this will probably be the most pressure game that he's ever played in, and he'll get better at it. Uh, the same with a guy like Kirtley, it would definitely be his most pressured game. He will get better, and 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 uh, they will get used to the pressure of playing. This was like a knockout game. This this. If, if this was a semi-final or quarter-final or final of a World Cup, I think people—that's what you expect when you play in those knockout games. So I think from a team perspective, we will—we obviously got good preparation out of it in terms of the intensity and the physicality. Unfortunately, we didn't get the result, and um, uh, and the same for them.
0: See you, Khaleesi now, the skipper, uh, was put to him that goal kicking was below par and he was asked if that's a concern, how do you improve that and your overall game as Springboks?
2: Yeah, we're obviously going to work on it, I mean, as Jacques said, we didn't lose a game in one department, there were a lot of, I mean we gave away I think 12 penalties yeah. and a lot of them were in the breakdown, some are taking some uh, defensive breakdown so you can't blame one specific area, we got to get better and we created such good opportunities and then we go to the 22 and we didn't take those opportunities and in a game like this, in a level like this, if you don't take those opportunities, um, this is what happens, but I thought uh, quite a few things went well, I, th- I thought our D was was good and I think um, as Chalk said, as the the intensity, the intensity of the game was exactly what we needed for a lot of the players that have never played under such intensity. I mean, the, the, the whole atmosphere was, was, was amazing on the field, but we know exactly what we need to do as a group. And uh, we've got to lift our heads, we've got a big game coming next week. I mean, if, we, for, if we're going to dwell too much on what happened today, and we'll, we'll forget to, to perform next week because we need to get through that one and then we can start thinking about afterwards. But Tonga is an important game.
0: I agree that their defence was good. If you saw, and most people would have watched that game, that island attack was phenomenal and the fact South Africa only let them score 13 points is a tick for their defence. Sia uh, was also mentioned to him that they lost the pool game when they won the Cup last time. Of course, that was to us. Asked if the memory of that will help you this time around
2: we always prepared for any uh, scenario that's going to happen. You know, we speak openly and honestly. And um, we're fortunate to have coaches like Jock and Coach Rasi, who say anything can happen and we knew this, this pool is going to be tough. So, um, we coming in here, we knew that and before the World Cup. And I think we've been in the same position before. We know we're not going to shy away from it, you know. And the last time we, t- we told ourselves, you lost the game, Don't be down for too long because it's not going to help you anything. The next thing is to focus on Tonga, and we have a 8 day turnaround and that's important. But a lot of us were here the last um, World Cup and it's important. The quicker you get over it, the better it is for the group. And that's what we're going to do.
0: And finally, Coach Ninaba, I'm struggling with that the whole tournament. He was asked, can the Springboks still win the World Cup?
1: Yeah, we can still. I mean, in 2019, did you think we can win the World Cup when we lost against New Zealand? And obviously you have to. We, we're in this competition to win it. And everybody's in this competition to win it. And uh, teams that lose uh, a, a game in the pool stages must work hard to get out of the pool. So, so definitely we, we can still win it. I mean, we played against the number one team in the world and uh, we lost by five points and we had an opportunity in the 79th minute to, to get a result. We didn't. And hats off to Ireland. They were better than us on the night. And, and, and that is the bottom line. They were better than us to, uh, on the night. But, if that's, uh, but that's the number one team in the world, and we're the number two team in the world. So I think there's very, the margin is very small. And if we, we will have to work harder at the stuff that we weren't good at. And uh, if we can fix that, and we you always need a little bit of luck. If we can fix that and we have a little bit of luck, uh, we can win the World Cup, yeah.
0: Let's go into the Irish side now. Andy Farrell, head coach. What pleased him most about the game?
1: Uh, our uh,
3: resilience, um, which has been really good of late anyway, um, as you could imagine. But um, that was a proper game, a traditional game that they had absolutely everything. And uh, there was ebbs and flows. And, ups and downs and how we managed to uh stay on point mentally i thought was 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 fantastic the game was the game was never going to be perfect um first half i thought we had the um the rub of the green as far as field position is concerned and probably uh I didn't ca- capitalize on that a little bit but it was so it certainly uh, roles reverse wasn't it in the second half but how we um how we kept our heads uh, getting those couple of penalties at the end, uh, when it really mattered, is the the big plus side of, of, of our, our performance.
0: Johnny Sexton, skipper, he was asked, uh, where did that game against South Africa stack up for him?
4: Uh, I think we've had a we've had some big wins in, in pool stages before. Um, that that's right up there when you play against the, the reigning world champions. Um, so it's always going to be incredibly tough, and it was. They didn't let us down in terms of the physicality of the game, but I thought we we fronted up and, and gave some some good stuff ourselves in that regard. And uh, yeah, it's right up there. But we got to make it count now. We got to go, and we've got some time off, I suppose, this week with the bye week, and then uh, we regroup, and, and then we got to back it up against Scotland. and and make sure we do the business to, to get out of the pool.
0: Also to Johnny, he was afforded some special attention uh, from Peter Steph dutoy as a number of uh, <clears throat> number 10s are. Uh, he was asked how that was, and how did he come through the game physically? Peter
4: Steff is one of the, the best back rowers in the world, and he, he's made his presence known, of course. Uh, a few tackles were just, just passing the like on the, on the line, and, and, he, and he hits me, it's probably fair, um, you know, so there's a couple of them. Um, so yeah, f- very physical game. Um, you know, very different to the first two games we had, where I suppose the ball was in play a lot. And uh, I'd say our running meters were probably higher, but today there was a lot, lot more collisions. Um, you know, for and against. So uh, yeah, tough, very tough game. Um, you know, just so proud of the lads to to front up. A lot of mistakes, uh, just brushed them off, and then went on to the next moment, and uh, that was probably the most pleasing part. Everything we've worked on in terms of that mentality uh, was, was excellent tonight. So, uh, look, plenty to work on, though, um, and, and make sure we, we get better for the next game.
0: Before this game, Andy Farrell talked about the value of adversity and experience. So he was asked about those comments. How valuable was it going through this game and coming out on the right side of the ledger?
3: Yeah, it is it's huge. It's, it's, it's good. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. I mean, he's... It's, 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 it's wonderful to win, um, but the, the, there's not much in it yeah, between two good sides. You know, there's there's not much in it, and I think the best thing about it for for us is that we we get to um, uh, feel the intensity of of, of of a big game within this World Cup and, and and know what that feels like further further down the line. And, um how we are able to be a little bit more composed be a little bit more accurate and um and play our game a little bit more is invaluable to to be able to learn those lessons with a with a win um but what I would say is uh um when you love defending as much as 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 we did within that game um he stands in good stead as far as a uh, want to a fight for the rest of the competition
0: Johnny sexton uh, was asked if he felt that that game gives them more reason to now think and truly believe they can win the world cup
4: it's, it's it, honestly it, it doesn't have any it's just another game in terms of making sure we you know try and get out of the pool we're, we're not talking about being Champions. We were talking about the next game today, Was it was all about the Springboks, of course, the whole week. Um, even earlier on in the summer, we, we sort of dedicated some time to prepping for this game. Um, but now it's all about Scotland, we're, we're not thinking about anything beyond that. You know, Scotland are an excellent team. I think that they'll be frustrated with how they, they played against South Africa. Um, but at the same time, you saw how we struggled at times to, to get our game going. So. Um, it's all geared up towards towards that game now and making sure that we do what's required to, to try and win the pool. Um, you know, but you can't look beyond the next game in this competition. We've learned that. That's the biggest lesson we can take from the last few World Cups anyway.
0: And both skipper Johnny Sexton and coach Andy Farrell uh, gave their thoughts on the experience of playing in front of that crowd and that atmosphere.
4: You know, I, I said... That we've had some big days before um, in terms of results in the pools, but I've never, ever seen a, a crowd like that. Um, someone said 30,000 fans. Yeah, it was, there, was there was no way there was 30,000. It wouldn't surprise me if there was 60. Um, and they were insane. Right? They gave us the lifts that we needed. And honestly, it's not lost on us. It's, we, we talk about it a lot, um, about inspiring those people that put their hand in their pocket week after week. They probably saved for, for four years to come here. and. Uh, that's something we refer to all the time, and I mean that we uh, we play for them, and uh, they give us the they gave us the edge tonight. I think um, so. Fair play to them. And it isn't just them, Jerry. It's it's the people back home as well. We
3: know that um, back home is has being worked up into a, a frenzy, you know. And if that is if that is the sign of, uh, of of things that we uh, can get excited about going forward, then what a what a what a lift that's going to give us.
0: And finally, uh, Johnny Sexton, a really good question from the gallery, this one, because um, he's been involved with Ireland for a long, long time. He was asked, what's changed in Irish rugby to take him to the top of the world after years of disappointment?
4: The people, the people that are involved. Um, obviously, the guy sitting next to me, uh, huge impact. Um, and the people that he's brought in, um, the guys at the top, David Nusifora, Like, There's too many people to... The name, you know, but we we're in a good place, but we, we can't get carried away because every team like tonight uh, they're lining you up when you're when you're top when you're world number one they'll use that as motivation or uh, when you're on an unbeaten run they'll use it as motivation. We just need to keep our feet on the ground and and keep striving for a better game, always a better game, and you know teams will see that tonight and go look this is how we get after Ireland and um, we just need to keep learning on the on the run. I think. Uh, to go and win a World Cup, that's what you need to do. You need to keep learning on the run, um, week on week, and and make sure that you're learning in victory as well.
0: So that's the end of the South African-Irish press conference. Really interesting stuff there, and um, they're just so eloquent, both camps. Uh, We will take a break. got a lot of text messages on that game, actually, so we'll catch up with those after this break. Right, some text messages that have come in. Staffy, Ireland got you again. They are the full package. ABs don't have a battering, battering ram like Bundy Aki. They'll be outcoached again. Fozzie will have to take full responsibility like Getty. <laughs> Up the mighty whales from Chris. Up the whales. Is that what we change our signs to? Uh, people saying, well, Jordan will run more. I will say good luck running against either South Africa and Ireland from Chris Uh, from Andy can't agree more Staffy that was one of the most intense physical rugby matches I've seen in a long time the pressure both teams put on the other skill set was more than what I think the All Blacks can handle I fear that as well Uh, totally agree Re South Africa and Ireland that was a totally different sport they were playing just brutal very impressed with Ben O'Keefe and that's something I thought I'd never say I thought he had a great game as well I think the Kiwi refs are going well over there I do keep an eye on them Um, Ireland are well-deserved of their number one ranking and would make a wonderful world champion, but I do believe New Zealand has at least one stellar performance in them, so it has to happen in the quarters. New Zealand was the last team to beat Ireland, so let's do it again. Yes, GD. Oh, we will be screaming for them. Afternoon, Staffy. What a great game on Saturday night and a win by the Broncos. Just too good. But yet, still in fourth gear. The forward pass was a joke. Before, uh, before kick-off... All I wanted was a great game. Broncos to win, but more so, no crap calls. That's talked about afterwards. And no bad injuries, HIAs. Uh, flights and tickets are booked. Can't wait for the grand final. Bring on the Panthers. Nice. Um, uh, afternoon, Sunshine. That ad about the Netball Ferns is a bit funny. <laughs> it is now, isn't it? Uh, Johnny Sexton's looking old and frail. Can't last much longer, Surely. I'd never doubt him. He did get banged, but he got back up. Uh, Dan says, don't underestimate the Scots. They'll be pushing hard to get out of the group. They will throw everything at it. Uh, From Matt, Ireland are the luckiest team on the planet. They got away with lots they won't get away with in the quarter. Last play was penalty try. Could have been penalised. Could have penalised Ireland for their separate infractions. No, let try a penalty drop potentially um let's be honest rugby world cup is so boring right now it's so so slow every scrum line out or penalty a prop is faking an injury or tying shoelaces and it suits the bigger teams because there is fatiguing big boys fatiguing the big boys i'm not a fan of the stop start stuff myself either I did notice Ben Ben O'Keefe made them play on when players went down. Do you remember that? He was saying, no, he's not involved. We play on. We play on. We play on. And he was urgent about it, and the players got up and went back into line. We'll take some new sport and weather, and after the news, we'll focus on that record-breaking win, Wales over Australia. Well, when you're co-captains of a team that have been wiped on the field and wiped on the scoreboard, one of the hardest things to do would be a post-match interview. Here's the first of them, Dave Porecki straight after the match.
5: David, a complicated match out there, difficult results to, to deal with. Just tell us what happened, explain what happened out there.
4: Oh, Just uh, credit to Wales, they outplayed played us tonight. Um, they just got a day, like, to be honest, uh, yeah, um, don't have much to say really. Just embarrassed for the Aussie people for us and the performance we put on and... Yeah, it just wasn't good enough tonight we were hoping to put a show on and um you know we've got to front back up for next week and try and earn a bit of respect back but yeah,
5: yeah this one hurts you've got a group of young players coming in there's a little mix of you know um, more experienced players you know what what do you think wasn't actually functioning what wasn't linking up very well with that
4: uh, it's probably too too early to tell right now i'll uh, do the review later just got it at the moment mate and um yeah i'll just get around the boys and and, and get ready for next week. But yeah, yeah, just got it, mate. Thanks so much for your time, Dave. Right, thank you.
0: And I thought I'd bring you a panel reaction of neutrals uh, involving um, players like uh, former players like Rob Carney, uh, Matt Williams, who was he's an Aussie uh, who must have been feeling it hard as well. It's on a British panel discussion. Here's their discussion immediately after that massive Australian loss.
6: The game needs Australia. The the beautiful attacking rugby that we know of this game was built in Australia. But this the, the, the writing's been on the wall for this team, and and we thought and we hoped that because their backs were against the wall so much tonight, mm. that they could produce something. And you know, you go through the team sheet. There, there's a lot of good players in there, but they are outrageously poorly coached.
7: Well, on that, so can I ask a question? Because you and, and various media platforms have talked at length about structural problems in Australia, that for the last 20 years, this organisation has been really badly run and, and it's going to catch up with them eventually. Yeah. Uh, and I accept all of that. However, I watched a Dave Rennie Australia come to Dublin, mm-hmm. as most people watching at home did mm-hmm. back in November. Yeah. They're, good. Yeah, they're and, good. And that same team beat France. So I, I take the broad structural problem, but this short-term, Dave, out you go, Eddie, in you come, they have made a mess of the short-term as well here. This didn't have to be this bad.
5: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. There is zero doubt about that. There's all the... Str- and this is what I try and say. It's so complicated in Australia. The problems are so vast and so deep and on all these levels. But there is no doubt that the, since the loss to Italy, that the, the decision was made to get rid of Dave Rindy. from that period to now, has been managed disastrously. And the expect the over-promised, underdelivered. selections were wrong, uh, good players that should have been here were not here. Michael Hooper is top of that list, one of the greatest back rowers Australia's produced since the Second World War, An iconic person, a leader. Uh, like, and, and then they... Completely changed the staff. Look at the defensive structure out there. Robbie, Robbie is sitting here saying they're going to chip. Mm. Where's the fullback? Robbie is sitting here, uh, 25 seconds before they chip, and we're looking. Where, where's Callaway? Where's Where's the defensive structure? The first, the first line out where they, where Wales come through. Where's the defensive structure? Yeah. 101 stuff. It, it's it, so. there's... You, and this is where it's. You know, for me having come through that system and being being really um, helped by that system and adoring it. And you don't realise it when you're a kid coming through, but as a coach, you look back and you go, wow, you know, I was really helped in that. That was a really positive system. I learned a lot. It was tough. It was tough love, you know. But I've seen our coaching go back, our thinking go back. And then you come here and Eddie... Oh, I, I, and I'm loath to criticise him because... But I think he let his ego get in the way and changed all the staff so fast. And it's really hard on the players to get from assistant. But the assistant. staff
6: don't want to work with him either. H- yeah. How many assistant coaches have we seen through all of Eddie Jones' teams leave and not yeah, want yeah. to work with him?
7: Well, that team lost their attack coach in the eve of the World Cup. Yeah.
6: So th- there's something in that too. And if, if you're trying to rebuild a rugby team, but more importantly, rebuild a nation,
5: yeah.
6: you want a coach in there who's going to bring people together, yeah. not disjoint the whole yeah. thing again. 100%. So,
7: yeah, totally agree. I think th- for me the, the biggest thing like we were talking about backs up against the walls like this is the biggest game in recent time for Australia after the first penalty in the second half it was almost yeah. that, they, that they gave up yeah. you know and we can yes it we did. can talk about player quality we can talk about coaching we can talk about all the different fundamental aspects that looked like a team that was leaderless rudderless, without idea, and most importantly, without faith, yeah. that they were actually going to get back in this game and completely capitulate it.
5: Body language was, was really upsetting, really upsetting. There was no fight. There was no, there was no listen, boys, come on, you know, where was the aggression? Where was where was you know the Simon Portivans who'd lead us up and and have a, you know do something about it where are the where were the guys that, that yeah they might be great players but they had some dog in them mm. like where, where's a dog in that team I don't care, you know if you can play against New Zealand and get outdone they're a great side but there was no fight there there be. wasn't one player with a bit of dog no on them not life. one mate not one
0: scathing scathing and Robbie's given me the thumbs up we have downloaded Eddie Jones press conference we're going to bring you that after the break. Right, so Robbie's got the press conference. How are you gonna run this, Robbie? I don't know. what's the duration? What what are you gonna do? This is what we're gonna do, Steph. Okay. Um, I've
8: got I've got some clips from Eddie. Okay. Um, and well I mean to start to start off with actually, we've 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 heard it on the news. Uh, quite a lot of the quite a lot of the journals that were that were at the press session were wanting to know about Japan. Apparently, you know, he was asked, you know, did you have an interview? He said, oh, "I don't know what you're talking about, mate." Um, and so, yeah, there, there was there was one where one question where Eddie um, he was asked, "Do you have a second interview lined up?" I'm gonna gonna bring bring you as an answer to that now.
0: Eddie, do you have a second
9: interview lined up with the JRFU? I said, "I don't know what you're talking about, mate."
0: Can you give Wallabies fans your absolute 100 percent commitment that you will not be coach of Japan next year?
9: I'm committed to coach Australia next year. I'm committed to Coach Australia. That's that doesn't all sound it, very so. definitive, Thank Eddie.
1: Thank you. Next question, please. We said one follow-up.
8: <laughs> Prickly. Straight, straight on to the next one. Um, mm. And then this was, this was also, Eddie, actually just um, not happy with the type of questions that were being asked.
9: I really take umbrage at the questioning, that people are questioning my commitment to coaching Australia. I really take umbrage at it. Um, Yeah, I've been working non-stop since I've come here, um, and I apologise for the results. I keep saying that. But to doubt my commitment to the job, I think, is a bit red hot. So we're not going to deal with any of those questions any further. So I'm happy to talk about Wales. I'm happy to talk about Portugal. If you want to keep going down that line, I'll excuse myself. So do you want to decide what you want to do? Oh, heady. Oh, I'm looking forward to the rest of them.
8: Right, so here's some clips, but Mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do. Okay. I'm going to be the journo. Right. Because everyone seems... Eddie, Eddie's predictable with his with his answers. Very. So you're going to be Eddie. Oh, okay. So you're going to answer the same questions that were posed to Eddie as Eddie. hmm And then we'll see how Eddie actually answered them. Okay. So, Eddie Jones, just some initial thoughts on the match, please.
0: Oh, look, Wales were great. Uh, we couldn't get into the game, and uh, it's my fault.
9: Eddie? Firstly, I'd just like to apologise to all the Australian supporters. A lot of people have travelled here. I'm sure a lot of people have stayed up late at night. And, uh, you know, our performance wasn't up to the standard that uh, is required. And I apologise for that. I take full responsibility for it. Um, And, yeah, we're disappointed. We've got a young team in there who's very disappointed. They they tried their hearts out. but unfortunately at the moment we just don't have the consistency in our play to put pressure on, on, on teams like Wales. You know, we do some good things and then we fall away. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's very disappointing. Um, oh, but congratulations to Wales also, yeah, I thought they played a, a good, tough game of rugby, you know, they kick well, chase well, and they had a couple of opportunities to score tries which they took. Um, so well done to Wales. Got part of it?
8: Got part of it. Not yep. bad. Pretty happy with it. Now, uh, Eddie, are you still fully committed to this Australian project? Of course I am. Of course I am,
9: mate. Yeah, 100%. I came back to Australia to, to try to help. Um, at the moment, I'm not giving much help, am I? Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean my commitment to, to help them has changed. Yeah, I'm a proud Australian. I hate to see Australian rugby... Do as poorly as we as we've been doing, particularly under my reign. Um, you know, came back to want to try to help, but there's there's not only the the Wallabies we've got to improve. We've got to improve the whole system of Australian rugby, and, and that's not an excuse. But you know, we've just got to we've got to have a really good look at ourselves and and see what we've got to do to improve the way we're going about our rugby.
0: Yeah, it's a lot longer answer than I thought he'd give.
9: Yeah, yeah.
8: No, there there are. Uh... They're decent length. Um, now, now Eddie, statistically, the worst World Cup defeat um, for the Wallabies. Can you explain why you think you are the best person to continue leading the Wallabies forward?
0: Look, I'm a passionate Australian, but ultimately, that's not up to me. Um, I've signed on. Um, Australian rugby has to change, and I'm forcing the change now. that Look, I know the results. have only beaten Georgia since I've been in charge. He won't say that. But, um, yeah, of course I am.
9: Well, that's not, that's not my, my judgement, mate. That's the judgement of Rugby Australia. Are you able to explain why you think you
0: are the right person to continue?
9: Uh, well, I think I've got, I've got the ability to turn things around. You know, it's, I was hoping we'd be able to do it by now, but we haven't been able to. And as I said, I take full responsibility for it. I haven't, I haven't done a good enough job. Um, and I'm bloody disappointed about that, mate. <laughs>
8: Not bad. Um, now, Eddie, have you seen things and are there players that, despite the results, have made strides in the last fortnight?
0: Mate, look, this is a young team. I've made no excuses about that. I've said it since I first came in. There's a young team, and you just can't buy experience off the supermarket shelf. You've got to earn it, and that's what they're earning. I mean, it's going to be some pain, but, mate, um, this young group, they're hurting.
9: Uh, massively, mate. Yeah, if I look at Angus Bell just in the forward pack, Nick Frost, um, Tom Hooper, Fraser McWright, uh, Valentini. You know, they're not at their best at the moment, but they're really making good progress. And then you've got Mark in the back line, who's making some wonderful progress. So, you know, there's a, there's a core group of players here who are going to be really good players. And I think yeah, you know, some of those players I've just mentioned in time will be world-class players, and they'll be they'll be the the, the backbone of a very successful Australian team. Yeah, you know, I've got no doubt about that. Yeah, you know, they're talented players, and now they're learning how to work harder, how to be more consistent in their preparation, and they're going to be fine players. Yeah, you know, what Nick Frost's done in the last two games. Um, as a second rower, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be a very good player.
8: So, Eddie, you, uh, you shook Warren Gatlin's hand before the game. Have you had a chat with him afterwards? I haven't seen Warren, mate. I had to come here and talk to you guys.
9: <laughs> I think he's probably enjoying so us um, knowing Warren. Uh, no, we had a, a quick chat at the start. Um you know, he's obviously come back to Wales. I've come back to Australia uh, we're just uh, comparing notes. His notes are a bit better than mine at this, at this stage.
7: Any dinner plans tonight?
9: Uh, no, no. I don't think I'll be going out in Leon. I don't think it'll be a good place for me tonight. <laughs> Probably fair. Um, and finally, Eddie,
8: do you um, do you feel like you maybe set the expectations a bit high initially with the Australian public, um, say, Was well, saying that you win the, would win the World Cup, perhaps a bit unrealistic?
0: Mate, you've got to believe in a side and you've got to give these young guys hope and um, there's some good things that you guys don't want to see but uh, I'm seeing it and we're going to continue to build and we're focused on Portugal.
9: I wouldn't care what team I took to the World Cup. If I wasn't thinking that I could win the World Cup, I wouldn't bother going. I'd prefer to have high expectations and then when you fail, at least, you, at least, you know, we've been, we've been setting our goal to win the World Cup and we're not good enough. That's OK. That's OK. Um, as long as we keep working hard and, and keep keep trying to improve, and we are every day, we, we're getting, we're working hard to get better. And today was a you know one of those things where, unfortunately, it doesn't go on a linear line, doesn't go like this. You got some downs and ups, and downs and ups, and we'll continue to have that for a while. I've got no doubt about that. But what what we are seeing is a group of young players who are going to be the backbone of a very successful Australian team.
0: So, still going to be successful. Still going to be successful. Um, thanks for your time, Eddie. Thanks very much, Eddie. Uh, exit stage left. Um, boy, the Aussie press. Well, actually, will the Aussie press care? That's the other thing. I mean, they had a magnificent opportunity, rugby here, with the World Cup on. The AFL finals on. The NRL finals are on. NRL, W, AFL, W. The whole lot is on. And um, they've bowed out. And I I genuinely feel for the players and the supporters and the fans because it is a great game rugby and they just haven't they haven't provided anything of substance to give the players and the fans and supporters hope in the short to medium term. And um, I'll finish on this text, which I think is true from Andy as much as it is to laugh at Eddie and the Wallabies, it is massively concerning because we play these guys in Super Rugby every year before the international season. I think we have shot ourselves in the foot with this Super Rugby comp from Andy. I think a lot of people are thinking that as well. And not just me, but people have been saying for years, we need Australian rugby to be stronger than what they are at the moment. And, um, boy, let's hope they've got bandages, arnica cream, um... What's that other stuff, the panic drops you put under your tongue? Aussie rugby needs some help. We'll come back shortly.